Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. What is up? Welcome in to the Early Edge. I'm your host, Alan Bell. We have a fantastic show lined up for you today. But before we get to that, as always, let's take a look at how we did on yesterday. And let me show you, Danny Brasco, what embarrassment looks like. Look at that bottom right quadrant there. That is a big 0-4-4. Awful. And anybody that watched the Early Edge in 5 understands, I will never get a haircut ever again. But shout out to the Maestro going 2-0 there. And Prop Stars hitting his as well. We take a look right here and something a little bit better. Maybe we can get sports podcast of the year. Be a lot better than me making picks on the Atlanta Braves, at least in the last two games. If you go to all right, the link right there, podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up. We are up for sports podcast of the year. We appreciate all you guys for what you do for us, and we hope you enjoy our show. Enough to nominate us to advance to the final round. So to do that, go to podcastawards.com slash app slash sign up, and then scroll down to the sports category. The whole process takes less than 60 seconds. We've included the link at the top of the episode description as well. You know what? We would just really, really appreciate any vote that you could give to us. All right. Let's bring in the stars of the show here. Let's get this thing fired up. All right, because it's enough of me yapping already, especially after yesterday. So, Snyder, first off, buddy, good to see you. How do you bounce back? All right, if you have an 0 for 4 day, what advice would you give to me in terms of betting that? Just stay the course. Don't overthink it. Just be yourself. I mean, some, you know, after you have a 4 and 0 day, which you've had before, do you do anything different moving forward? It's a good question. No, I don't, right? So I think that you're spot on there. Danny Brasco, what were your thoughts there? What would you do if you had an 0 for 4 day? You just bounce back? If I was Alan Bell, I would not sweat it at all because I've matched the entire college baseball season. I've watched countless shows where you've gone 3-1, and one, giving out volume picks. Look, sometimes you bet in volume. It doesn't go your way. But if you're on the right side, more often than not, like you've been, 0 and 4 day shouldn't sweat you at all. You know, you'd be big in the profit still, so way to beat. Boys, you know what? Venmos are on the way. I appreciate those kind thoughts there. Well done on that one. All right, I'll tell you what. Let's jump into our first marquee matchup for today. Snake put us together something nice. Let's play some team totals here, boys. All right, so we're going to switch it up a little bit. This is how we're going to get down. All right, so there are actually five games today, but two of them are the Angels at the Tigers. So we're going to take four games here. All right, Angels-Tigers game one. All right, and we're going to go through the four. We're going to the team totals, and I want you to tell me your best bet in terms of over or an under, all right? So the Angels at the Tigers, Angels team totals four and a half, Tigers team totals three and a half, Nationals at Mets, Nationals three and a half, Mets five and a half, Cubs at Cardinals, both at four and a half, Guardians at White Sox, both at four and a half. Snyder, you're up, buddy. What do you got? 
Well, I'm going to go straight to the Cubs. They're my team. And look, as a spoiler, I'm flying the W today nice. already. Nice. Uh, 6.35 runs per game for the Cubs in their last 20. They've actually been pretty consistent. They've had a few explosions in there, like 17 runs against the Nationals uh, last week. But overall, they've actually been swinging the bats really well right now. They get Miles Mikolas, who has been mediocre at best, bad at times for the Cardinals. The Cubs knocked him around last week, 11 hits and five innings. So I'm going to go over that four and a half for the Cubs. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, Danny Brasco, what are you looking at, bud? You know, I'm looking towards this Mets-Nationals game here, and I feel like the three-and-a-half line on the Nationals is, is a little curiously low. They have been swinging the bat well, and they've been putting in runs, but they really thrive against lefties. And against the righty Kodai Senga here, against that ghost forkball, I feel like that offense, which maybe is overperforming a bit lately, could come back down to earth. Senga, I feel like the market is now really respecting him. This guy was my rookie of the year pick at the beginning of the season, and all of a sudden he's you know fixing up those command issues and coming into form. So if he has a nice day, look, the Mets, if they're going to win games, it's got to be on the back of pitching because they're not hitting right now. So I like Senga to keep the Nationals under three and a half, actually. All right, there we go, man. There we go. All right, I'll tell you what, we've got another marquee matchup, but before we get to that, let's take a quick break and hear from one of our partners. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Danny Brasco, I'm coming over to you first because as a man who drops bombs, whether it's in the octagon or on the diamond, we've got home run props today. So here are our three. All right, Nolan Arenado, plus 275, Francisco Lindor, plus 300, and Luis Robert Jr. at plus 325. So Danny B, man, jump us off with you. I'm going to go away from the Mets. Just don't love picking home run hitters in City Field, especially for a slumping team like that. I'm just attracted, even though it's the shortest number on the board, to Nolan Arnauta because the Cardinals have been scorching hot. They're such a streaky, interesting team, and I feel like uh, I want to back Arnauto for them to keep it rolling today. So I'll go with the short number, Nolan Arnauto. Yeah, you know what? I feel you. Look, I played Francisco Lindor last night over one and a half hits, runs, and RBIs. And look, my man got on base almost every time. Unfortunately, it was a walk. And Pete Alonzo couldn't protect him behind him. Uh, so it was tough, man. So I feel you on that one. I was actually at the, ga- I was yeah. at the game last night. And Mets were you fans really? Were, yeah, yeah, the Mets fans were really just like really frustrated with the time and time again inability. I felt their despair in the air last night. Yeah, it, it, it was one of those games. And look, it, it's not like the Yankees were that like super exciting as well, right? Like, I mean, it just felt like kind of a very lethargic game uh, on both sides. Snides, man, what are you looking at? Well, yeah, they're not. Either, either team is neither team's <laughs> exciting. That's just not that exciting of a series. <laughs> like uh, I went on HQ the other night and they asked me like about my takeaway for the game. And I said, I felt like I was going to be a party pooper no matter who won because they were going to say, what do you take away from this? I was going to be like, eh, not that big of a deal. But anyway, uh, I actually am going to stay put there, and I actually am going to give a little sprinkle on Francisco Lindor. Josiah Gray is vulnerable to the home run. He led the majors last year in home runs. This year, a little bit better, still 15 home runs allowed in a, about 112 innings pitched. Lindor is only is 0 for 8 in his career 
against Josiah Gray, but I wanted to talk about that for a quick second and say, I don't think you should get too caught up in small sample on the hitter side when he's just seeing a pitcher, especially a pitcher that's good like Gray. I always say if they haven't seen each other much, if at all, it's always an advantage for the pitcher. So it's not that uncommon for somebody like Lindor to start over eight against somebody like Gray. But the more times he sees him, the better swings he starts to get, the more he gets used to seeing that stuff in the box. It might be a good spot today for Lindor to take him deep. Excellent analysis there. And you do like you're spot on in regards to that, man. Like I've paid attention to when you talk about uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. It is, dude. Like a hundred percent agreed. Like when you talk about, you know, batters facing a pitcher for the first time and then I make a note of it, right. To go back the second time around, whether it could be two weeks from then, it could be two months. Right. But you're a hundred percent correct. When batters see a pitcher for the second time around, you know, in in a different game, I mean, it it it, it makes all the difference in the world. Like you're 100 percent correct. Now, what also makes all the difference in the world is me sticking to the actual rundown of the show. So, Snake, I apologize on that. If you could pull up, all right, CBS Sports HQ, because I skipped you on this one, and it just goes to show how good Coach is at his job tonight. Well, today, I guess 1 p.m. Eastern. Chip Patterson there breaking it down, everything college football and more, and then 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. M squared. Coming at you, breaking down everything in the action for tonight. Major League Baseball. Plus, you know how Mike is, man. Mike will break down anything, right? Who else will break down anything are our partners. Let's take one quick break and hear from them. Dude, Paramount Plus has everything going on there, man. That app is ridiculous, dude. It's nice. All right, I tell you what. We're going to get in our best bets for today. I'm going to go first. I'm going to get out of you guys' way. All right, let me hit lead off here. Just try to get on base however possible. If I got to pull up a walk, yeah, get hit by a pitch, you name it, or just run the pitcher's count up. We're going to go with the Tigers on the money line today, plus 122, courtesy of our man, Michael Roberts. Look, Michael Lorenzen had some grumbling dissent about him making the All-Star game, but he's proved himself lately so much that it forced a bet out of Micah. The Tigers have won by a shutout in his last three starts. He's beaming with confidence. No runs allowed in his last three starts. That's a trend worth following despite Otani starting, who has given up 14 earned runs between his last three starts. Micah says the Tigers to win. Now, uh, Snyder, I ask you real quick before I throw it over to you. Um, Otani on the mound. All right. The blisters on his hand. Is this a this is a real thing, isn't it? Yeah, if it if they are still around, I I would be surprised if they were pitching him if it was really showing a lot to the point because you know it's one of the things I it always annoys me when you get like hockey guy saying oh he can't play through a blister well, of course he can play through it we saw him stay in the game and hit a home run a few weeks ago after they took him off the mound for a blister but it's if you look at the fingers everything's about precision and with the way you hold a baseball every pressure point has to be exactly the same and if you have a blister in one point like that you're not going to be able to grip the ball the same way it's not going to move the same way you're not going to have the same amount the same control you're not going to have the same command so if that is a problem and they say it hot it starts to get hot like when it starts to form right before it becomes a blister if it gets hot they might have to pull him um but yeah, if it does get hot and he doesn't tell anybody and tries to pitch through it, he probably would lose his command and start to get knocked around a little bit. So it is a big deal. You know, and it's fascinating, and I promise I'm going to get to you for your pick, but I find it so fascinating, one, in regards to a player like him, right, because he's so dynamic, not only throwing, but also hitting. But say a team trades for him and they give up a ton of assets, he give up a ton of money, 
And I mean, at some point you look and say, all right, how long do we really want him pitching? Right? Like I want him hitting, but you're trading for both. I, I mean, it's not something that we can answer today, but I just find those questions interesting. And that's even if he goes, right? I mean, who well, knows? Well, the report, there's reports last night that said that the Angels flat out said they're not trading him. Then they traded for Lucas Giolito. So I yeah. think we're safe there. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we can, again, we could get in that later on. Like it, it would be impossible to let a guy like him go. Whether it works no. out or it doesn't, like, I, I can't do it. I, I have to. You just tell me what you want. I'll pay you. Like, I'm not letting you go. All right. I think I think they may have no choice in the end. Like, when a stock yeah. is at its all-time high, you can't, you know, you're not going to get more for him than you are today. And the Angels, you might have to. You might have to sell the Golden Goose. Yeah, that's a good point, man. And then what if he had to send it to, like, the Dodgers? You know what I mean? Like, it would just be wild. All right, Snyder, I'm going to quit yapping. You got some picks, man. Break them down, buddy. What you got? Well, I already mentioned the Cubs, and I said it was a spoiler. So, yes, I am taking the Cubs to win. The last I saw was even money on Caesars. They've won six of seven heading into the trade deadline here. I think that a lot of the players rallied around not wanting to be broken up. Marcus Stroman mentioned it multiple times about how he didn't want to be traded, and they actually wanted to go for it. Danzy Swanson just came off the injured list. He hit two bombs the other night. Nico Horner went through a little bit of a slump. He has really started to swing the bat again. But Cody Bellinger, man, he's hitting like an MVP right now, right in front of the trade deadline. There's a lot of talk that he might be traded, and he still might. He still might. But the Cubs are three games back in the loss column from the last wild card spot. They're only four games back in the loss column from the top wild card spot, which would mean they would host playoff games in Wrigley Field. I think they're too close right now to sell. I think the players are writing the vibes right now. So I like them over the Cardinals. Keep in mind on the mound for the Cardinals again. I said earlier is Nicholas. The Cubs knocked him around last time. For the Cubs, it's Justin Steele. Three and zero and three starts against the Cardinals this year with a two point nine five ERA. So I like the Cubs a lot. I saw my man Rick in the chat point out earlier that he's taking Cubs first five. That would be a good bet, maybe even a better bet than my play because the Cubs bullpen is vulnerable. But I like the Cubs to win anyway. And again, I, I'm with Rick. Cubs first five is a good bet as well. Also, Dylan C strikeouts. Usually, when we talk about Dylan C strikeouts, we're going to go over. But this time we're under five and a half because it's against the Guardians, the best contact team in Major League Baseball, 18.3 strikeout percentage. That's 30th if you sort by from the highest. They are the best team at making contact. The league average is more than 4% higher than that. Uh, Cease against the uh, Guardians this year, three strikeouts in each of the two games that he faced them last year. It was three, nine, four, and three. By the time he struck out nine was the second game with a doubleheader when all the position players were tired because it was the second game of the doubleheader. That's the only time the Guardians have topped five and a half strikeouts against Cease. So I, again, think they're going to come under. Dylan, a little Cease under five strikeouts. I like it there. Now, look. Danny, I got to tell you, I've been going out around the streets of Nashville, all right? I mean, just hands up. I mean, ready to go, ready to fight, and I'm ready to get some picks, my boy. What do you got, man? Break it down. Let's go, man. UFC 291. There's a little bit of noise in the background, so apologies if that gets in the way. I can't hear it here, baby. You good to go. Beautiful. Let's rock, rock and roll then because, man, this sets up for a massive card in the main event. The BMF belt, ceremonial belt on the line between Justin the Highlight Gaethje and Dustin Poirier. And last time these guys fought, Poirier got the better of him. 
uh, but ended up being one of the best fights you'll ever see. I think this one could deliver the same fireworks. And I'm going to take Justin Gaethje to get revenge and pick up the win here as a plus 130 underdog in the main event. I think this is the best version of him that we've ever seen. Gaethje, after he lost to Charles Oliveira in his title shot, said that he fought like an idiot and he fought too recklessly. After that, I feel like we've seen a more calculated and measured Gaethje, who was so dangerous. Against elite striker Rafael Fazeev in his last fight, he looked pretty flawless. And I feel like if he fights this measured fight against Poirier here, he's a different person. They're fighting at altitude in Salt Lake City. Altitude is going to be a big factor all night for me. Who's got the gas tank? Which fighters have the cardio to last? Hey, Justin Gaethje trains at elevation fight team. How apropos. So I feel like if he's got a slight cardio advantage, his shots are the more damaging ones. He's going to pull off the win as a, as a dog in the main event, and I think it's his time. So I like Justin Gaethje there. Co-main event. I'm going to give you guys all the best fights on this card. Tough one to call between Jan Blahovic and Alex Pereira. Pereira moving up to light heavyweight after losing the middleweight belt in his great, what, trilogy, quadrilogy with Izzy Adesanya. And I don't think he gets it done in his light heavyweight debut. I'm going Jan Blahovic at minus 115 here. Odds are real tight. And look, I just feel like Alex Pereira has always been the bigger, more imposing striker in all of his matchups, right? He can he can really impose that size. Finally, he's got someone across the cage from him that, that matches that size. And if Jan is able to clinch him, get on him, wear on him, again, at altitude, I wonder how Pereira deals with a fight that isn't a clean kind of technical kickboxing matchup. Uh, also, Pereira throws really good leg kicks. He's been known for these leg kicks in these Izzy matchups. Jan checks leg kicks with the best of them. So if he takes away that weapon, maybe he's able to march forward a little bit, get his hands on him, make it ugly and wear on him. And if he takes him down, Jan can dominate. So, and maybe an unpopular pick, I'll go with the curious favorite, Jan Blahovich. And finally, uh, third fight on up the card, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson taking on uh, a great fight, uh, a great fighter, Michel Pereira here, a guy who throws this capoeira Brazilian style. And I like Wonderboy Thompson here, even as a 40-year-old fighting the best of the division to get it done here. This is a kickboxing matchup. And where Wonderboy often struggles is against wrestlers like Bilal Muhammad, Gilbert Burns, right, guys that can take him down. Without the threat of the wrestling there, man, he can just settle in, do that gangster karate style, bounce on the balls of his feet. And, man, in his last fight against Kevin Holland, he was a savage. The 40-year-old Thompson is can take damage and can give it back. He looked as violent as ever. So against an explosive guy like Pereira, I don't think he'll be afraid. Give me Wonderboy, and those are some three uh, UFC picks in a great 291 card. Dude, you nailed it on Wonderboy right there on the balls of his feet. You had like yeah, 100% nailed that one. And dude, absolutely that right there. And then number two, uh, when you're speaking about uh, Justin Gage, I, I love the honesty that he has, right? When you look at it and say, dude, I fought like an idiot. Like, I, I feel like people who can speak to themselves like that, whether it's fighting, whether it's anything, right? Like, just the complete honesty of saying, all right, that was terrible. Don't ever do that again. And then let's adjust to get better. So I feel you on that one. All right, everybody, grab your paper, grab your pencil. Let's take a look at the recap here, courtesy of our man, Jake the Snake. Snyder's on Cubs money line, minus 110. Dylan Cease under five and a half strikeouts at minus 105. Danny Brasco is on Justin Gagey, money line. Jan Black, uh, pronounce these two for me, or pronounce that one for me. We got Justin, you got Gagey, but Jan Blahovich, tough one there, Polish. Blahovich, that's what it was. I was so worried about Jan that I forgot about the uh, Blahovich there. Money line <laughs> minus 115. And Steven Thompson, money line minus 150. And then our site play, uh, the Tigers money line plus 122 against the Angels. And remember, that is in game one. All right. 
I think that's all the damage we could do for today. Everybody tune in today, the early edge in five. I'll also be hosting that one. So you know what? You're getting a double dip of me here. And you know what? We're going to have some fun and break it down. And I, you know what? Make fun of myself and we'll find a way to get some jabs in over at EC as well. But until then, everybody, best of luck. Let's cash these tickets and we will see you this afternoon.